0: Hey, listeners, if you find our methodology, podcast and general view on sales performance intriguing, you may find this offer very interesting. As you know, we don't do them very often. Starting March 16th, we are going to do a four-part webinar. Some of the key topics we're going to talk about, obviously, is outreach and prospecting how do you do outreach and how do you do prospecting in a way that separates you from everybody else yet at the same time builds trust and engages that prospect in a way that they want to invite you in they want to talk to you again march 16th four-part webinar series you can go to lapin180.com webinars and learn more I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a non-conformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Christy, it's nice to have you on Breaking Sales. It's
1: good to be here.
0: Awesome. So today, I like what we're going to do. We are going to talk about an experience that you had. Back in November... There was a week where I had received maybe four, at least, could be as many as five, solicitations from companies that promised to set two and three and four appointments a week for us with potential clients of ours. They had promised in their emails that they would be able to double our revenue, that they'd be able to help us bring on eight to 10 Eighty, hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollar clients over just a three to six month period. I was very curious about that. That was a lot of promises.
1: A lot of promises. In addition to promising that it would free up all of your time, and you would no longer have to spend any of your effort in initiation and prospecting.
0: That's correct. So one of the emails read like this. If so, Dan. Let's hop on a call. That's how it started. I wasn't sure what that meant. We run simple but effective sales strategies for small businesses who can handle one to two new customers per month. We've done this for over a 1,000 different companies over the last seven years. And that's actually a funny statement based on what you've already just told me before this podcast even started, which I'll let you share with the audience in a minute. Most small businesses owners get all of their business from referrals. Unfortunately, that means they have no control over their monthly growth. That can be stressful. That's a true statement. At the same time, nearly all owners agreed that outbound sales would help their business. Blank bridges that gap. We build the strategy prospect list sales copy, which is interesting sales copy, even though we are a sales consulting conversation consulting firm and do the actual outreach to open the conversations between you and your prospects. Then you just need to close the deals. That's all we need to do. Chrissy is just close the deals. That's it. That's it. Nothing more. The easy part. The easy part. Do you have time to talk later today? Which, for those of you who follow our podcast, know that that is very funny when people ask right away, do you have time to talk today, tomorrow, or this week? A little urgency because they're scarce and attached. Happy to explain our strategy. And it's signed by someone that you didn't even talk to. Correct. Which is another interesting strategy that these cold calling or outsourced cold calling companies do. They have the strategy of one person reaches out via email, then another person reaches out a day or two or three later saying, hey, I am the team lead, or I am so-and-so's boss, and I wanted to make sure I connected with you because we're so interested in helping your company. And then when you actually agree to talk to them, you talk to a different person.
1: Yep. So there were three different individuals that were communicating on
0: this outreach. Remember that first statement or the first sentence. We've done this for thousands of companies over the last seven years, yet just today you went to their website to look them up, and what would you find?
1: Website not found. They're yeah, gone.
0: They're gone. I don't know what happened, but maybe they bought an island down near Tahiti or something, and that's where they are now. And if that's the case, kudos to them. Absolutely. So tell our listeners, what, what did you decide to do?
1: I decided to reach out and engage and say, let's, let's chat. We're interested to learn more about how you might be able to help us out.
0: So remember, these individuals are, quote unquote, the experts on prospecting, outreach, and building relationships. So how did it start, Christy?
1: So I reached out and responded to the first person who did the initial email to you. She then responded and said she would bring in her managing director into the conversation. I got busy. It was a few weeks before I was in a position to even look at this communication. And I had received two more messages from the managing director of, hey, do you still want to chat? We can set something up. On the second or third, I can't remember, I reengaged and said, yes, apologies, I was busy and would like to set some time, to which he sent me a link to a calendar application to go in and schedule an appointment that worked for me, which is fine. They did have a qualifier that our deals had to be over a certain size. I believe it was 2,000 in monthly revenue that we have to qualify to check a box before they want us to schedule an appointment and then scheduled the appointment. And when I jumped on the call, it was with someone completely different, a name I had not seen before. So not even the managing director.
0: The closer. The
1: closer. I believe the owner of the company that I can no longer find anymore.
0: They brought the heavy guns in on you. Yes, yes. Awesome.
1: I had a bulletproof vest on, so all was fine. (laughs) I survived.
0: (laughs) So then what what happened? Just out of curiosity, Um, Give us a summary first and we'll break it down. How's that? So how long was the conversation probably? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay. And in that conversation, how much were you talking versus how much were they talking?
1: I would say I probably talked less than 10% of the time.
0: Okay. How many questions can you remember roughly that they asked to engage you and, and, and start to understand your business? One. What was that question?
1: Are we associated with the racing family Lappin?
0: Yeah, I don't, I didn't even know that Lappin had a racing family. <laughs> maybe
1: it's a long lost ancestor Dan, I have no idea, but that was his question.
0: Did they make a lot of money?
1: I have no idea, maybe you should go find him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that question was asked and then what happened?
1: Actually, I'm gonna back up for a minute. Okay. He, he did an upfront agreement
0: Okay. Did he give you an out? No. Okay.
1: His version of an upfront agreement was, why don't we learn a little bit more about each other? Fair enough. Sounded good. And he actually verbalized and said, I need to learn more about you. This is going to be more about us learning about LAPIN 180, and then I can demo what we potentially can
0: do. That's a pretty good start. I mean, it's not bad. I was optimistic. Okay. And then he asked you about the lap and racing family. Correct. Okay. Uh, now I'm a little afraid to ask what happened next.
1: Then he asked what deal size we work with and what industry. So I guess maybe he asked two
0: okay. questions. So he asked some qualifiers. Qualifiers. All right. I mean, they're fair qualifiers, right? If we're going to be honest, right? I get it. he doesn't want to waste his time. Correct. Okay. So you answered.
1: I did. I answered with the honest truth, which is we don't narrow our client relationships to one industry. We have multiple industries that we work with, and it is more of the type of selling relationship they have with their clientele that will dictate whether or not we should do business with them. So it's very difficult for us just to pick one industry to say this is our our ideal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of our clients have excelled with becoming experts in verticals. I would say our vertical is building conversations around trust and having conversations, honest conversations around change. And so to your point, you're right, that could be any multitude of industries, especially ones who are selling business services, intellectual property expertise and things like that. So it makes sense.
1: Yeah, and when he received my answer, it didn't make his job easy to demo, and he was frustrated.
0: Okay, why do you think that is looking back on it?
1: He wanted one answer so he could input it in his system to show me what his his product could do for us. That, And he, he was as clear as day in saying, I would like to show you what our platform looks like, and in order to do so... I need to know what industry you work with. How would we narrow down an industry search?
0: By my calculations, and that could be completely off, it sounds like you're about five, six minutes in and he's going to the demo. Correct. Huh?
1: When he had stated, he wanted to learn a lot about me.
0: Yeah, you're answering his questions, right? How did the conversation go at the end?
1: Because it was difficult for him to zero in on certain qualifiers, He chose to take the path of, I will send you the information to tell you how this program would work for your business and what we would do for you and the cost. He chose to summarize it in an email because it was too frustrating for him and confusing for him to try to figure it out live on the call.
0: So what do you think frustrated him looking back on it?
1: My answers were not in the box for him.
0: So he needed A plus B plus C equals D or something. You got
1: it. Right. And and because there's complexity to our business and complexity in how we do our business. And, and I made a statement to him. I said, look, this this is something that we would have to explore to really figure out what your messaging is when you outreach on behalf of our company to see if it aligns with what we coach. And that th- that completely threw him for a loop. But again, could have been avoided if he had just gone to our website or asked a few questions at the beginning of the call. We wouldn't have gotten to this point where he was so frustrated that he wasn't getting the answers that he wanted to do a demo. It was, we probably would have explored, do we even need to do a demo? And he could have told me then. Instead, it would just ended in his frustration And mine.
0: So you picked up on that he didn't do any research or he didn't really know what we did.
1: Correct. He left that call still not knowing how many employees we have, who owns the company, what we coach, what we do, what we're trying to create or achieve. He
0: was just looking for a yes.
1: He was looking for, is this something that you would be looking for to take time back?
0: You know, what I think about, based on your experience, because I know some of our clients have, on an individual basis, hired these types of outreach firms. What these outreach firms typically accelerate in is taking advantage of other people's scarcity. So they have a fast rhythm, fast pace. It's kind of an in-your-face rhythm as well. And those who are scarce about their business, their outreach, the growth of their business, Um, They're probably very susceptible to this quick transaction approach, kind of pushy too.
1: To the point where he was condescending to me.
0: What was the condescending part? Do you remember?
1: When I had shared that we work with a multitude of of industries, we work through all levels of the organization, he made a comment, well, if you just take anybody and everybody for cash flow, we're not going to be able to help you. That was his statement to me.
0: You did mention that to me, and I found that odd the first time you told me, and sitting on this podcast with you, I find it odd the second time, given that that's probably the polar opposite of who we are. We're very discerning.
1: Absolutely.
0: I wonder how he came to that conclusion.
1: Again, I think it was sourced out of his, and and you could hear it in his voice, his frustration that I was not making a demo easy for him. And that was the response that came out of a place of emotion.
0: You know, this reminds me of, I'm going to take a little tangent here, Christy, but I had a cup of coffee this morning with someone talking about their business and very large company, well-known company across the globe. I won't say any names on it. And they're in operations. And they were talking about some of the sales experiences that they would had recently. Very similar where someone came in to solve an integration problem I think, for them. They needed the solution and they wanted the solution, but it was a budget and a timing scenario that had to be worked through. This is the person I'm speaking to. They were the actual prospect. And when they were communicating to the sales team who was trying to sell them the integration solution, the sales team got frustrated and got annoyed. And we're like, well, why wouldn't you do it now? And what if we gave you a 25% discount? And we have a plan and we have a map. This won't take any time away from your folks. And the person I'm speaking to who was the prospect could tell that the sales team that was speaking to them about the integration solution was getting frustrated and annoyed. And guess what happened to trust? Plummeted. Gone. The person I spoke to actually left the conversation and had to rethink who they were gonna use because that was such a um, negative, might be a strong word, but a um, poor experience.
1: And it was a telling one.
0: So, you know, when you're sharing about him being frustrated and your immediate response was that you picked up on it and you just started distancing yourself even more in the conversation. And so, for our listeners, right? The key here is you're going to get frustrated sometimes because you cannot control the other human being. You're going to have disappointment, and we all know what you got to do. You got to learn to compartmentalize those emotions. You can't let them feed in because they have a direct correlation with the trust. Even if your solution is the perfect solution, if you start to deteriorate trust, it's not going to go anywhere. And I know that was a big takeaway that you had from this experience, that there was absolutely no trust and it, it might have been a zero to start, but it went down to, like to a minus 10 by the time it was over. <laughs>
1: that may be generous. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. And, and I think that if he had only opened himself up to learning first, it could have gone a completely different direction. Get to know me, get to know what we do, get to know how we do it, get to know what we might be working through and what we do on our own and what we might need help with. Basic curiosity wasn't even there.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I mean, when sales professionals, and I think back on my career way back, absolutely, when we get frustrated, annoyed, or disappointed, we lose our ability to stay curious, to think clearly. We lose our ability to listen and to be objective. Frustration, disappointment, annoyance, anxiety, hesitation, all of that, just it's almost it takes us completely out of our game. Anything else you'd like to add about the experience that we haven't covered?
1: I I think that some of the other observations that might help others and that are listening is mirror energy. He was a very fast talker, going a mile a minute, telling me how great he felt his solution was and the enthusiasm was through the roof. And that alone had my guard up. That alone said, okay, this guy's coming on a little strong. Paired with not asking any questions, paired with trying to get me in the box, (laughs) paired with all of the other things, if he had slowed down, it probably would have even if he had done the same thing, felt a little bit better. And so paying attention to the little things of, how is my energy? Am I coming on a little too strong? Do I need to dial it back a bit so I can be patient in the conversation, listen and demonstrate that I'm doing that just through my energy is huge.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that lots of times here about energy, enthusiasm. And we have to be mindful. It's great to have energy, and it's awesome to have conviction about what you do. That's perfect, but you have to manage it and use it judiciously. You have to learn how to be more energetic or enthusiastic if the prospect is showing energy enthusiasm. If they're not showing it, you have to learn to dial it down. To your point, you have to mirror you can't jump way out ahead because enthusiasm actually creates skepticism.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm, in, I'm innately a bit of a skeptic.
0: <laughs> you are, but you do have high energy.
1: <laughs> I do. I do.
0: Yeah, you do. You, you, you're one of those individuals that you have really good energy almost all the time. So it was interesting that it just didn't match.
1: Did you just give me a compliment, Dan? I might have. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So, Christy, we talked about a lot, and don't forget the compliment I gave you.
1: I'm going to write that down and keep it by my computer every day.
0: Anything we haven't covered that you would like our listeners to remember as just a good learning experience from this?
1: In reflecting on it, I, I feel that the catalyst that set this off into the experience it became started with an assumption that was made. And the assumption was made by this gentleman that when I reached out and said I would like to learn more, this might be something we're interested in, he, he took that and assumed that I was in a buying mode and that I just needed to hear the great things that this could do and I would be there. And, and that set the tone and the stage for the entire experience that was created. And for me, it was a bad one because that's not where I was.
0: And when we make assumptions, what happens to our mindset and our skill?
1: It plummets like that trust that you described plummeting.
0: Yeah, we, we tend to get sloppy. Yep. All right, listeners, don't make assumptions. Stay away from getting sloppy. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, Lappin180.com. Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lappin or Lappin180.